who is there to say, dude, you're not actually sorry. You're not contrite. How much more accountable, if you think about this, like you said, in the human relation, how much more accountable do we have to be to stand in line to verbalize this to a, a, a person and then get a absolution, like that forgiveness that we need. And I think something that we often forget is the sacraments are tangible signs of God's grace, and we need it because we're slaves to our senses. Of PPK. We are back at it with you all for another episode. What's up, Meeks? What's going on, guys? How's everyone doing? How's what Colin doing out there? <laughs> Colin, we saw you on another uh, checking out. Um, was it Taylor Marshall? Yep, I, yep. <laughs> I was watching uh, one of Taylor Marshall videos, and Colin is in the live chat. <laughs> Legend. Uh, Colin's doing good work out there, but yeah, we appreciate everyone uh, that's that's checking us out. We ask that you continue to uh, share with everybody you know. So I know we usually go to Meeks for inspiration, but this episode we're gonna kick it over to County. So what's up, guys? Stepping up my game a little bit. <laughs> so uh, just for today, we're gonna be talking about confession, and I think obviously that's something in our faith that's super important as Catholics. But I think. Um, those that aren't Catholic that are maybe a different denomination within the Christian um, religion in general may have a, a different understanding or may not even know why we, we um, have confession and what our, our teaching is. Um, I know a lot of them have the, you know, the basic premise, like, why don't you just confess your sins to God? And so as, just as, as I meditate on this and, you know, we've talked about how we're frequent confessors and just its importance in our personal lives. Um, but I thought we can, uh, share that with you all just some scriptural context what it says in the church teaching and then just our personal um, our personal experience with it yeah and I would say um, one of the things to I guess bring some background and some clarity so people do understand when we talk about uh, confession um, you also hear it as a sacrament of reconciliation sacrament of um, penance it means actually us going to a priest who is um, the only one who can offer absolution, forgiveness of our sins as the person of Christ. So when we're talking about this this topic, it's specifically the sacrament of the church as it relates to we as faithful going to a priest, and priests go to confession, and the Pope goes to confession. I think JP too, uh, the great saint, went like every week, um, and he's, he's the Pope, uh, he's the vicar of Christ on earth. So um, it, it's not like you have a difference when you're Catholic, right? Everybody goes in, goes to confession. So just to start there. So where do you want to go first, Keone? Um Well, you, let's start with uh, maybe the catechism, what the catechism yeah. says, and then we can dive into scripture. Yeah, let's talk about um, confession as a whole. So um, so the sacrament of penance and reconciliation, so it's, it's referencing paragraph 1440. Um, it, it talks about sin is before all else an offense against God a rupture of communion with him. At the same time, it damages communion with the church. For this reason, conversion entails both God's forgiveness and reconciliation with the church, which are the expressed and accomplished liturgically, are expressed and accomplished liturgically by the sacrament of penance and reconciliation. Right? So we all know, uh, with those of us who, who understand um, original sin, the fall of Adam and Eve, by that we now have inherited original sin. 
right? So it makes make, make some points of clarity. There's original sin of which we inherit um, through our first parents, Adam and Eve, and then there's our own personal sin that we have. So in the Catholic Church, um, really, uh, we the church is determined that the age of reason, where you'll come to know where you can actually make choices by yourself, is the age of seven. So up until the point of seven years old, you're not able to essentially commit personal sin. Um, and, then, and then you receive through the waters of baptism, through the sacrament of, of baptism, um, forgiveness of original sin. So all your original sin that we inherited from our first parents is washed away. So the sacrament of penance, reconciliation, confession, as we're talking about it today, is really the forgiveness of those sins, both the, um, again, through baptism, we get removed of original sin. So if you look at the sequential reception, you receive baptism first, that um, brings you into the family of God, and then really the next sacrament we receive as Catholics um, and, and in some churches and uh, in some rites, they actually receive baptism and confirmation together, and then you receive uh, First Holy Communion. So anyway, there's a lot there, but ultimately it's really the forgiveness of our sins, reconciliation with God, the Father, um, through the Sacrament of Reconciliation. You want to go on to John 20? Yeah, so one of the things that um, oftentimes when... And this is probably more on the uh, with our separated brethren, right? Our Protestant brothers and sisters that we t- typically encounter when it comes to confession. It's just like, man, why do you guys? Why do you guys confess your sins to priests? And my normal answer, honestly, especially because these are mostly Bible-believing Protestants, right? Sola Scriptura, Scripture is the only um, source of truth and authority. My normal answer, my go-to answer, is what? Because Jesus says so. Well, what do you mean? You go to John chapter 20. So here we are. This is Jesus has just been crucified, right? Um, he's been buried. Now they went to the tomb. They don't find him. So the, all the apostles are in the upper room. So if you, if you know your scripture, if you got your Bible, go to John chapter 20. And in John chapter 20, um, Jesus appears to the, to the apostles. And this is what he says. He says, um, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And then right after that, he breathed on them, right? So he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven. Whose sins you retain are retained. So imagine this. If we're all chilling, this is our, like, this is our group. This is our crew. And this is the last time I'm going to see. I'm gonna, this is the last instruction that I give you before I ascend to the Heavenly Father. I'm going to give you your last piece of instruction. I'm going to say, peace be with you. Breathe the Holy Spirit on you and say, who sins you forgive are forgiven. Who sins you retain are retained. What else do we need beyond that? And my point, right? And then people start to, you know, get squirrely and, oh, well, that doesn't mean. Maybe that was just with the original apostles. And I think they just have either a misunderstanding of what, the, the authority of the church or a misunderstanding of apostolic succession, but that authority given by Christ through the Holy Spirit given to his apostles there in the upper room was to forgive sins, right? So John chapter 20 is the go-to. And it's funny, whenever I'm dealing with other Protestant brothers and sisters, I always ask, what do y'all do with John chapter 20? And it's just like what they do with John chapter 6. No, we don't really talk about it. You know, we just kind of move beyond it, right? So it's just like, well, guys, this is the holy word of God, mm-hmm living scripture. So John chapter 20 is a kind of go-to when we think about <clears throat> listening to what Christ said when he gave his authority to the apostles to actually forgive sins of man. And I think something to understand too is, you know, our, our Protestant brothers and sisters who, who may look at the scripture verse um, and say, well, that's, that's maybe for the apostles. That was, that was just them. They had it. And, and one thing to understand is the book, this is why you need to know your history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Catholics put the Bible together. So we, we, we know it pretty well. <laughs> Um, but the, the book of John wasn't 
written until maybe the, the mid to late 80, 90s mm-hmm. when all the apostles were already dead and he was the last one. He's pretty much about to die and he finishes this book. So the church has been going for some time now and it's, if it was, this was some supernatural power given to the apostles, why would he include that in there if the power is gone? It, there would be no point to, to bring that up unless it has been handed down to um, the successors, mm-hmm. which you see throughout Scripture. You see Paul laying hands, Peter laying hands on different people throughout Scripture, uh, and it being continued in the church fathers who say that, you know, the, the, the seeds continues to be filled mm-hmm. um, and laid down. Um, one other thing that I think people often, they have this, like, they pick and choose when they believe it, is why do you go to confession to a priest? And they say, you know, why don't you just go directly to God? And what I always say is, well, why don't you just baptize yourself? Yeah. Because they inherently understand that, you're, you know, Pastor Bob has some sort of authority to put the Holy Spirit upon you to join into the the divine family to wash away original sin and they believe in the grace that comes from that. But when it comes to confessing your sins, cause it's kind of uncomfortable. I don't really want to tell you my sins. Now all of a sudden no one else could to, could give you grace. No one else could, could um, fill you with the Holy spirit other than God himself it has to be directly from him. And it's like, you, you, let's be consistent here. And, it, and obviously there's more in scripture that we can talk about, but I think there's a point that we need to be consistent with that. Can a, another person through as an instrument of Christ, give us grace. Can they um, fill us with the Holy Spirit? And obviously this is something that has been handed down. As we see in John 20, it's been given by God. So they're not doing it for themselves. They're doing it for the glory of God and for the forgiveness of our sins. Mm-hmm. Meeks, did you have something on that? Yeah, I think that was a super fascinating point. Because <laughs> even me, I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't, you know, I know the classic arguments for confession, but that one was really good. I think, Authority is huge. I mean, Keanu, you said it. They have some sort of authority, but they want to draw a line to where that authority goes, how far, and uh, who has it, I guess. And I think for me personally, it's just the idea of like, in my own journey, if all I had to do was apologize to God, then I'm not sure I would be where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And if all I could do is say, you know what, like, you know, like, if I miss mass, how grave is it truly if all I had to do is say, I'm sorry to God, just when I go to bed? How grave is any sin if all I have to do is just say, you know what, I'm sorry, God. But it, it, for me, at least, I think that that would hinder uh, my my relationship with God. I think that would hinder my journey and my walk to uh, sanctity. And just the idea of, like, I'm not, like, you know, we have, you know, all these apostles and stuff and these people who are supposed to bring us up with them, the people who are closest to God and, like, we understand as laymen that we don't have that responsibility and we kind of look towards people to, to lead us, the priests and to do these sacrifices. And I think like in the mass and all these things we've been talking about, it's just so important to have, to have fathers, to have church fathers, mm-hmm. people who sit there and they lead us because their entire life is dedicated to, whether it be, you know, poverty and abstinence and chastity and all these kind of things that they're doing. These people who live it, like for us laymen, like we need those people to act like we can just all be one, you know, kumbaya community and just that's all God had wanted, which is this community of people who maybe you have groups of people you say, you know, I don't know, AA meetings maybe is what their confession's like for some churches. But in reality, I think we all need we need authority. We need people who are the closest to God. We need people who are given the gifts or the Holy Spirit working through them to give us 
um, Jesus Christ in the real presence and to give us confession and baptism as Kelly was saying, confirmate all these things that like authority has to be there. I mean, think about people, you know, some of the Orthodox churches or some of the, the breakoffs who have um, communion or even uh, valid communion, according to the church. Mm-hmm. And just to think that these people can receive by just saying, hey, I'm sorry, God, for those sins. It just doesn't, it almost doesn't sit right with me. The idea like they don't have to actually go to confession. They don't have to show true penance. They can just say, I'm sorry to God and then go and receive. To me, it just feels like something's missing there. Yeah, I mean, you actually bring up a good point as it relates to just human relationships. So imagine in the human relationships, if if one of us offended one another and I just said, well, I said sorry to God. I didn't have to say sorry to County. Right. You would never accept that if somebody did something to somebody that we love. So I use that example, too, when we're dealing with just talking this out. It's like, bro, in your own relationships, if somebody offended, came in and offended your wife and I told you, sorry, I'm sorry to you but I never told your wife, sorry, you would be like, dude, don't come at me. You better go make it right with my wife. What are you talking about? I mean, I, I need the apology because my friend, but we don't accept that in our human relationships. But when it comes to God though, it's just me and God, bro. Cause I, so I think you're right, Miko. Part of that reconciliation is retribution for the sin that you committed. It's part of our own dignity. It, we're, it's necessary. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like going to school. You're at Franciscan. You're 25 miles, 2,500 miles away from us. If, if you said, you know what, Miko, you didn't have to go through the four years. Here's your degree. Right? I mean, maybe it would be kind of nice, right? Just how you just drop a, a few days and here it is. But you would kind of accept that and you'd be like, well, I didn't really work to get that. And then you would almost kind of put it away and you maybe you put it on your resume. But then we're like, bro, hey, way to get that degree from Franciscan, man. And you, you back of your mind, you're being like, dude, I, I didn't really do anything mm-hmm. for that degree. It's kind of cheap grace. Mm-hmm. So that's I think that's where it's a lot of it. We don't accept it in our own relationships. There's part of our own retribution. Our own dignity is to actually make things right. Mm-hmm. And I think that the response to that, if I was playing devil's advocate, they'd mm-hmm. be like, well, what does that have to do with talking to the priest? Yeah. And I think it's important to understand who, what the role of the priest is. The yeah. priest is the representative of the congregation. So by confessing your sins to the priest, you are confessing it to the congregation. And two, the mere fact that you're standing in line publicly in confession is saying that you are sorry for your sins. And if you aren't sorry, there's always the caveat because mm-hmm. you have to have a contrite heart. And I think that's what the importance of a confession in in the the sacramental rite is that if you don't have a contrite heart, you're not actually forgiven. Mm-hmm. And so Father Chad Ripperger, who I've, we've talked about in numerous episodes, he said, mercy, when we're talking about the forgiveness of sins, mercy is given to the contrite and the stupid. <laughs> what he says is obviously stupid as though, you know, he says it jokingly, but for those that are ignorant, they just didn't know it was a sin, right? As far as a mortal sin, you have to have um, full knowledge of it and full exercise of the will. It has to be a grave matter. But when we talk about... Um, a true contrition. And what I tell people who don't believe in the sacrament of confession, how do you know you're actually sorry if you don't have someone holding you accountable? If I have this, this sin that I'm trying to break and every single day I'm just saying, hey, sorry, God. Who is there to say, dude, you're not actually sorry. You're not contrite. How much more accountable, if you think about this, like you said, in the human relation, how much more accountable do we have to be to stand in line to verbalize this to a, a person and then get an absolution like that forgiveness that we need. And I think something that we often forget is the sacraments are tangible signs of God's grace and we need it because we're slaves to our senses. 
This is why we have the Eucharist as a tangible, because we need it as a sign, mm-hmm. because we're, we're just so sensual. And I think about just the, the classic idea of like a barber or a hair stylist. Those, those, we talk about those professions as like they get public confessions from their people getting a haircut. I'm like, yeah. why are you telling me all this stuff? There's this natural inclination for us to tell someone else. Why is there a therapist? We need to tell someone else our problems. Mm. And there's something about someone saying, I forgive you. That is actually healing. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't hear a lot of, you know, of our Protestant brothers and sisters, you know, God coming down and saying, you're forgiven of your sins. But I just think the beauty of the the Catholic church and the knowledge is that we're going to a, a person who represents Christ, who has the authority that we talk about that is so important that is recognized partially in the Protestant um, um, religion with baptism and whatnot, even marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to abst- to receive absolution of our sins. And I think what a gift that is. And I think Protestants should really look themselves in the eye and look at the teaching of this and what the church fathers have said about it. And most importantly, us fellow Catholics need to start using it because I think the state of the church the state of our world has a lot to do with us not using the sacraments. And it doesn't surprise me. And I think Father Chad talked about it. Don't be surprised when the, when the church, the sacraments are stripped away from you because you haven't been using it. And look where we're at today. Mm-hmm. How much more difficult it is to go to mass. How much more difficult it is to go to confession to see a priest because we haven't been using it. So I think one is for us to understand what confession is about, but two, go use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I could just add something yeah. too. I'm just thinking about, you know, a lot with uh, Protestants and things you hear. And the reason why we bring Protestants so much too, I think is because they have, they really have the social media presence more so than we do. Like when I look around on whether it's Instagram or YouTube and stuff like that, like these popular people, the ones that look cool, the most appealing, those are, you know, the Protestants. So we see from them a lot. And I think a lot of the Catholics who fall away, the ones who are, are still not going to mass because they have a dispensation or whatever. Some of these people, it's like, a, I think they appeal to this, this whole, like, I was saved kind of spiel that a lot of Protestants like to do. Mm-hmm. And I hate, that's probably, like, one of my biggest pet peeves in the world is I was saved when I was 17. And the idea of confession and, and Catholicism is a continual conversion every single day. Like, you, you're grinding every single day. You have a choice to make every single day. You are not safe. I think even St. Paul, when he was writing, said, I don't know if I'm going to go. And if St. Paul is saying that, then what the hell do we think we're doing? <laughs> like, there's no, you know, there's, like, that idea of, not going to confession to me fits the whole thing. Well, I would say, I believe in Jesus Christ. Therefore I would say now, of course they, I'm sure they believe they still have to work a decent life, but it's just that it's just to me, it takes away from your continual conversion. It takes away the idea of, you know, accountability. It takes away from a lot of these things. That's like, no, you're not saved and you could be living this whole life. And then maybe the last year of your life, you decide to kind of fall away or whatever it is. Like if St. Paul feels this kind of conviction to where I don't even know where I'm going to be, or for those who are teaching and saying, like, you know, I'm telling you the truth, but at the end of the day, I don't know where I'm going to be. I'm just trying to live my best. I think that idea goes along so well with Catholicism and confession and just the idea that, no, every single day is about a conversion. We have to be in a state of grace to meet God. We don't just say we believe in Jesus Christ and are safe. We have to be in a state of grace. We have to meet these certain things um, that align with the church. And it's not the, you know, just the saved and baptism and from that jesus came down here he died for us he already he already freed us from sin we just got to keep preaching his name we just got to keep sharing the gospel 
which it's yeah, just or, not true. or just confessing it with our lips, right? Or in, in our, in our saying in our hearts. And those are not to say those aren't necessarily true. Um, but, I, but I think that the, the thing about it too makes, I would say, if you even quoting St. Paul, that what we've always said about um, being saved, because you're, you're referring to once saved, always saved kind of mentality. It's we have been saved. We are being saved. We will be saved, right? That there's this ongoing, uh, you know, wor- what, why does St. Paul tell us work out your faith in fear and trembling? Right. If there was nothing, if you just accepted Jesus Christ, why do you need to work it out in fear and trembling? Right. I mean, you're good, bro. You mean you just you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But I wanted to touch on one thing and then let's talk about the practicality, because I think we all have a a great devotion and um, practice to the sacrament of confession ourselves. But, you know, Keone was talking about, you know, we quoted um, from the Gospel of John, which we know is anywhere written from 80 to 90, depending on the scholar. But there was the um, the Didache, which is kind of the, the teaching, the Lord's teaching, as it's often referred to, to the 12 apostles, which is A.D. 70. So this is, seven, this is before the Gospel of John's written, quoting, Confess your sins in church, and do not go up to your prayer with an evil conscience. This is the way of life. On the Lord's day, gather together, break bread, and give thanks after confessing your transgression, transgressions so that your sacrifice may be pure in the year 70 AD. 70 AD. So it's like, you know, because we have all these discussions with people and we're saying, well, I don't want to listen to what, as Mika would say, Pastor Bob has to say about something. I want to go back to people who actually walked with Christ, right? And uh, so the letter of Barnabas, you shall confess your sins. You shall not go to prayer with an evil conscience. This is the way of the light. That was in 74 AD. Huh. Interesting. St. Ignatius of Antioch, who was baptized by St. Peter. So he was, I think, the third bishop of Antioch after St. Peter. Okay. For as many as are of God and of Jesus Christ are also with the bishop. Interesting hierarchy there. And many as shall in the experience of penance return in the unity of the church. These two shall belong to God and they may live according to Jesus Christ. This is his letter to the Philadelphians in 110 AD. I mean, the list goes on from Irenaeus, who's second century. They all talk about confession. And so we think about what's been handed down. So those of you who do not believe in um, confessing your sins to church, you actually stand against the majority of Christianity and the majority of the apostles. So the apostles would look at you today and be like, "Um, are you with us? Because I know there's a lot of... uh, heresies that are going on out there so and if you think about this and this is just another point of history this is why you know do your homework right if you look at martin luther who was who led the protestant revolution not didn't reform anything you left right he was a very scrupulous man and one of the things he wanted to get rid of was the sacrament of reconciliation he himself in his own writings believed that we were just a heap of dung and that christ was this thin white layer of snow over us so his very own outlook of who he was as a person affected his ability to receive the mercy of god so what did he want to do he wanted to get rid of james he wanted to get rid right because faith without works is dead um, don't want that one because we don't want to have to worry about meriting confess our own. your sins to one another and james too. yeah confess your sins to one another um we don't want to have to worry about the sacrament of reconciliation because i can't receive the grace of god because i'm just a cow or a heap of cow dung Right? So there's all of these things. You guys got to have put this into context. You have to understand your history. Um, but you also need to realize that this is a gift from God, that the, that the priest who's in persona Christi, who at the point of ordination 
ontologically changes, has an indelible mark, just like we receive in, comf- oh, I'm sorry, in baptism and confirmation, there's a mark on our soul that we will take with us to heaven or hell, wherever we go, right? But as a priest, there's an ontological change that he changes into the person of Christ. He becomes Christ to us as the head. So it's no longer father whomever at the other side of it. It's actually the person of Christ who's absolving of your sins, right? And I think that's a key thing for us is that we all desire reconciliation um, because we're community, a community of persons, and we all desire to be forgiven if we've made an offense. And how greater of offense to an infinite God from a finite being. And so we look for the supernatural ways of which God has given us that through the sacraments of the church. Something else I wanted to say, too, was just the idea of spiritual warfare mm. and how if you ask any solid exorcist within the Catholic Church, they will tell you that the first step to, you know, someone comes in there for a demonic um, activity in their life, or they're feeling oppression or what have you, they say, go to confession. Like, when's the last time we went to confession? Mm-hmm. And the reason why is, as Father Chad Ripperger, the exorcist that we really like to listen to, talks about is that when you commit a mortal sin, so uh, like a, something of grave matter, when you commit a mortal sin, what it does is it takes you from the within the sovereignty of God and it places you under the sovereignty of Satan. Because what is a mortal sin? It breaks off. It's a cutting off of the relationship between you and God because you made a choice of grave matter to break away from your relationship with God. Because you, what is sin? It's really pride. You're mm-hmm. saying, I don't need you, God. And so you're going to follow the rest of the fallen uh, angels, including Satan, that have said, I don't need you, God. Uh, and so what the sacrament of reconciliation does is it repairs that union to where now you're able to receive the grace that God is trying to give you. And what they say is more often than not, they, you don't even need to go through with an exorcism. <clears throat> They're saying just go to confession. They're saying receive the sacraments. Make a life of daily prayer. And how important is that? Even in those that are in the Protestant ministry who are doing deliverance ministries, what I've seen as most success, what, I, what I've read that is most successful for them is um, oftentimes what they'll do is they'll have a list of sins and they'll go through the list that you've set that you've committed. And that sounds a lot like, um, <laughs> confession. So even in the, the Protestants, they, they have this glimpse of it in the deliverance ministry of, of what they try to do. But again, it's, it's a piece of the pie. Yeah. And we're just saying we have the whole pie here and we have so, the whole banquet actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so just, just kind of understanding the spiritual realm, think about what the, what the, um, the spiritual warfare that has occurred because of the Protestant Revolution. Like, get rid, of, get rid of the means for us to repair our relationship with God. Oh, yeah, they're all about it. Dude. Get rid of confession. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to know why we're doing it and then to use it. Yeah, yeah if I could get into, like, really just the personal side of confession, because yeah. I think, you know, I was at a point when I wasn't going as often, and then you start to be going, you know, weekly, which is why I do now and going weekly. And it's not because I got holier I started going weekly. It's because I understand how fallen I am. That's why I have to go weekly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference. I was just listening to, well, it was the same census fidelium account, but I don't think it was Father Chad. It was a different one. And he was saying how, you know, a lot of us will have that, like saints will go every day, you know, they'll go to confession every day or, you know, three times a week or something crazy. And the people who kind of, are more away and don't understand their fallen nature say well how do you even know what to confess what, what is it even to confess and how do those saints have no problem never ask those questions and always have things to confess whether it's every day three times a week whatever it is and like that's the idea because i'll get caught up in that too like oh well you know i don't really need to go to confession right now and just like well yeah you always need to go to confession <laughs> and those who 
our going to confession aren't holier than thou because oh we go we go to confession all the time like you know we're really saints they're just going because like i said you understand how fallen you are you understand how far away you are you understand the grace of the sacrament that you need in order to go to heaven that's that's kind of the difference when you start going more like it's like the people who need it the most always go to least and people who probably don't even need it the most are still going more than anyone else is and that's just that kind of the funny part about confession you know the more like i always say the more we learn the more we understand we don't know and this is a whole idea with with the faith and i think that the key really is in, in my journey has really been confession like if i didn't have confession weekly i mean when we didn't have confession during the um the hoax i mean the pandemic um we it felt it just felt empty that i mean you guys probably felt the same way it's just like when you don't have that you're feeling empty you're feeling lost you feel out of touch with god because you don't have um you know his his holy spirit coming through the grace of, of his successors and so it's um it's a vital part for anyone who's trying, really trying to practice and be a good catholic you, you need it and once you realize that you need it uh it becomes a lot easier and it's not like you know a whole scary thing of, oh, i don't want a good confession and once you get a taste of that, it's like working out, you know, finally getting a good workout schedule and you see that good pump coming in, same thing. Yeah. Keone. Yeah, I mean, just personally too, something that I've noticed um, in going to confession regularly is how much moving forward the sins that you commit start to have an impact on you. And as you make this, you know, as you try to develop a contrite heart and you really try to make changes in your life, even like small sins start to be like, oh, oh, geez, I shouldn't have done that, you know? Whereas, you know, if you don't have this accountability, if you don't have someone that you have to go to, if you're not receiving the grace, so much of it is just like, eh, that wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It's cool. I didn't do anything grave. And I think that's why these saints are going every day because they see the power um, in just one sin and what it, the damage it can it can do to your relationship with God. Mm. And we're thinking about confession as like, oh, I want to be clean, I want to be clean. And it's really... We want the grace to become more like God. It's for his glory. And what, the, what Father Chad talks about is the demons have uh, saying that, you know, anything but God. And I think, you know, as we use the sacraments and as we're, we're trying to become more holy, it's always like, how can I become more like you, Lord? And we, it takes so much grace. There's nothing we could do to actually to, to accomplish that. It's, it's merely participating in the grace. And, and I think it, it starts with the, the relationship with him and, and the the sin that we fall into is often just separating us and blinding us to even receive him where he's like, I'm giving you this gift. Why aren't you using it? Yeah. And I think, um, and you, you're a frequent confessor. Yeah. Same thing. I think you do weekly as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so I would say the two things that come into uh, the confessional is humility and contriteness. Right. So I think that's key as Meeks was even uh, alluding to and Keone spoke about the, the contrition piece is, you got to be self-aware. You got to understand that, man, if matter of fact, we probably could go to confession every day because we're, we're probably doing the same things, whether it be lack of charity, lack of patience. Um, you know, pride is super huge in the sense of um, always wanting things the way that we want them to be done. And um, whether it's gossiping, whatever it may be. But I wanted to point out, I know for me personally, confession has been huge in my own conversion um, and just really breaking up free from the demons. You know, when I went to, um, and people hear this in my story a lot, when I actually went to the confessional where I was really at the point of losing everything, right? Losing everything that mattered to me. And I remember pouring out my heart, literally sobbing in the confessional. 
and the priest like came around from around the screen and was just like and it was this you know big burly uh manly priest franciscan friar the renewal he was just like praise god for the remorse that you feel in your heart do you mind if i do the deliverance prayer over you so he obviously um paying attention to what i was confessing and i was giving him everything i had he heard in there something that required the deliverance prayer and so you boys obviously know this he breaks out a crucifix a size bigger than my head pops it on my forehead and then starts to do the deliverance prayer um uh, which is a, a minor exorcism in latin and then douses me with holy water three times gives me my absolution and if you want to talk about chains being broken at that point when you talk about the power of confession right i went and laid prostrate before the blessed sacrament for 45 minutes and i gave my life to christ for the first time and immediately the chains, the bondage, the things that I was struggling with that were really grave in my life, broken, shattered. And that was the power of God's mercy working through that sacrament. So, you know, you want to test this out, try it. You know what I mean? You want to test it out, but you got to come to it with humility. You got to come to the sacrament. You got to come before God um, with a, a contrite heart, feeling sorrow for the sins you committed, not just against your fellow men or, you know, fellow brothers and sisters, but most importantly against God because he is the almighty one. So, you know, just, just keep that in mind. Yeah, I was going to say, just as we wrap up, you know, going off of your story and, and the remorse and the humility, something that I think we often forget is you only receive the grace insofar as, as you believe in the grace. Yeah. And I think oftentimes we go through it and it's almost like a, like a car wash, like a, my car's a little dirty and we must go through the motions. But like, if you're, if you're going to it with a contrite heart, realize that you're forgiven and that, and have this, this level of faith and knowing that you have the grace sufficient for you to move forward in your spiritual life, whatever mm -hmm. that is. And that confidence that comes with that because you're believing in the grace that flows from the sacrament. So I think, you know, as we're saying, go to confession, have humility and contrite heart, but also believe in those words of absolution, believe in the grace that is now bestowed on you so graciously by our savior to let that transform you. Meeks, mm -hmm. any uh, parting words? Yeah, I'd say, um, you know, another step for me, and I think a lot of maybe our listeners or, you know, some of my friends at Franciscan is not looking at confession and just our relationship with God as like, some of these rules and these mortal sins are rules that shouldn't be broken. So take those serious and then make sure you go to confession. But like this idea of um, like, where is your relationship at with God and when are you saying no to it? And, you know, coming into confession and saying like, Oh, let me confess these things. Cause I know these are the rules that I kind of broke that don't, that shouldn't be broken. Just come and say like, well, you know, where have you fallen? Whatever you said no to God. I think that's next up. You know, I'm trying to take two and just every day, like, it's not these only these kind of higher sins that don't need to be, shouldn't ever be broken or should never be committed and stuff like that. Like every day it's just walking. When are you saying yes? When are you saying no? Yeah, that's great. Great, great point. So we just ask, um, you know, that you, you kind of take this to heart. If there's any questions that you may have, especially for those. Now, again, we're speaking to Catholics to exercise the practice of reconciliation. If some, this is of interest to you, especially those who aren't Catholic, holla at somebody. We'll let you know. We'll get you connected. We'll get you baptized or at least moved into the church. And then, um, you know, we can, we can get you to experience the, the overflowing graces that, that come through the sacrament of reconciliation. So Meeks. Yeah. Make sure you, you know, like, comment, subscribe too. After you go to confession. <laughs> yeah. Get your soul right. And then get your likes right. I mean, let's let, let somebody know. So, so yeah, we just ask that you uh, continue to keep Kaoni in your prayers as he, you know, gets married in two weeks. So uh, two weeks from today, we just ask that you keep him uh, in your prayers. And we ask for all of your ideas, your feedbacks, your comments, like, comment, and subscribe. Let us know what it is you want to hear. And until the next episode, get holy or die trying. Peace. Peace.